0: What's up tribe, welcome back to Mindful March. This week's episode is brought to you by Christine Michelle Carter. That's right. Our girl believes so much in self-love and mindfulness that she sponsored this episode. Not only that, but she wrote a beautiful and unapologetic memoir about self-love and leaving a toxic relationship called Mom AF. Let me tell you, if you read anything this month, let it be Mom AF. It's real, it's raw, it's hilarious, and it will help you understand more about relationships, marriage, and most importantly, yourself. You know good moms love a real, raw, funny, unapologetic mama, and Christine Michelle is that. If you haven't checked out our episode with her, it's called Divorced AF, but please go pick up Mom AF on Kindle or on com, where you can read an entire chapter for free. That's right. You can read an entire chapter free on com, and you don't want to miss this inspirational book. Do yourself a favor and pick up Mom AF today.
1: Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica.
0: And I'm Mila.
1: And it's Wednesday, y'all. Happy Wednesday.
0: Happy Wednesday, my love. It's hump day. And how are you feeling?
1: I'm doing good. I am relaxing and my house is clean. The weather's crisp. So yeah, it feels very um, wintry in LA today, yep. which is rare
0: it is a bit chilly the sun is out though i mean if la people say it's wintry it's a fucking lie (laughs) it's 69 degrees
1: i know i know i know and
0: and we're playing fucking winter wonderland over here i
1: know and actually we have a guest that i'm really excited to introduce and i was looking at her story and she's in fucking real winter over there so
2: (laughs) i was just gonna say you know i don't know when i'm allowed to start talking but i'm about to get upset But to curse us out it's crispy and wintry outside i'm in fucking minus 15 right I now know. i'm
1: i'm sorry this is disrespectful okay. I'm th- <laughs> um you guys we have sarah nicole landry at the birds papaya of the papaya podcast so welcome to the show
2: thank you so much thank you for saying Quite articulated uh, papaya so many times because I still haven't been able to manage that. The
1: papaya pod, pa- pa- papaya, papaya, I'm like, say papaya, papaya like 10 times fast. So- papaya, 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 papaya.
2: Yeah. <laughs> papaya, actually papaya, it's a, papaya. It's actually papaya pretty, podcast, it, papaya. It flows papaya off podcast. the
1: tongue. It flows off the tongue good.
2: When I was first starting the podcast, I jokingly called it the Papaya Podcast because I could not think of a name for it. And so I was stuck and everyone just kept calling it the Papaya Podcast. And then when I was like having to record stuff for it and say it in promos and, and all those like little blips that you have to do, I could not get <laughs> Papaya out multiple times. It was just so I'm, I'm so impressed by you right now. Obviously, I've learned, I've managed, I've gotten myself there, but whew, it was a journey. <sighs>
1: I feel you. Every
2: time I think of papaya, I think of like a natural skin like treatment. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. Or it is, you know what? It, it, it's why, good for brightening.
0: It, it's appeal. I know. I'm like, my esthetician is like, hmm, I need to peel. I need to do a peel. Where does birds of papaya come from? What is the origin of your name?
2: So I started blogging back when I was a stay at home mom of two kids. And I did it because I was genuinely just lonely in the experience of motherhood. And, you know, we were talking about this before we started, but like everyone used to have really like adorable names for their blogs. Everything was very cutesy. You know, it was fingerprints on the fridge and tater tots and jello. These are real blog names. And I think there's still go by those now, but they all had very cute names. And so I was like, well, I want a cute name. (laughs) And uh, so I ended up naming it after my two daughters and their nicknames. So I had two little girls at the time and it was Gemma Birdie and Maya Papaya. So it just is what stuck. And what I don't think that people realize is like when you create a brand or you create a name, there's a lot of that that like comes with you. And so even though everyone's kind of now defined by their first name, it's really hard to go back and change your, like, I can't find the handles for my actual name because I'm verified. I don't know if I'm even able to or allowed to change my name. I'm sure there's like a way to do it, but I have to buy the rights to my name from the person who currently has it. I have to go through this whole process. So part of me is like, you know what, whatever it is, what it is. And it's kind of cute. It's like the origins of the name or the origins of my story, which is essentially being really lonely in motherhood and being stuck at home with kids and wanting a way to, Connect with other people, I guess. Did you
1: always yeah. – did you always want kids? Because I think that that's like – people – we talk about this obviously a lot. I think most moms mm-hmm. now are having a lot more conversations and being honest about the fact that like motherhood can be fucking lonely as fuck. Like it can be super isolating. And although mm-hmm. it's this beautiful, joyous experience, like I think a lot of times people that even were dying for kids or really always wanted kids – I mean for me, like I I didn't always want kids. Like how has the journey been in that space? Like did you – Assume that you're gonna have a kid and just feel like immediately fully fulfilled and happy and just
2: yeah tater tots and whatever the hell the other name podcast tater tots and (laughs) jello. Um, you know, I got married at nineteen to my first husband, and I was pregnant at twenty, and there was still like this little bit of a a baby. baby. I was a baby. But I didn't have, like, I wasn't going to university or college. I didn't really have anything. Like, I had, like, a job. But there wasn't a lot that was, like, pushing my world in a sense, right? And having a baby was, like, this really exciting notion. It was kind of like playing house. In my head, when I look back on it, I was like, oh, that was, like, really cute and fun. And being pregnant, being the first one of my friends that was pregnant and, you know, going through that experience. But I also have to say, like, I never liked babysitting, so I was terrified to have my own kids. I was very much like, "Uh, how am I going to like these children at all? Because I don't like babysitting. I never did. I grew up, my mom did daycare for 25 years. So I grew up like in a setting of children. I liked being around them, but I didn't like the responsibility of taking care of them. And then financially could not afford childcare. I made less money than childcare costs. So that put me into the role of being a stay-at-home mom. And I know for a lot of people, that's like a really exciting journey to take. That's like their goal to do. It wasn't my goal, but I also didn't have any other goal, So I just did it, right? And I look back on it with some fondness but I also recognize that that was probably one of the hardest seasons of my entire life because I just didn't have I don't think I was ready for it I don't think that nothing really prepares you and now I just had my fourth child in a new marriage and 10 years separation between my last child, my third child to my fourth. And now I have the opportunity to have childcare. I'm in a much different relationship. I've got teenagers that can help. It's an entirely different story. And I guess I really love having conversations like this because motherhood essentially is not a singular experience. And through conversations with other people, learning like how many people struggle with fertility to have a baby and then be feeling like feelings of stuckness and and feelings that they don't feel like they can talk about. Like, are you allowed to say that you don't like being at home with your kid after you spent how much money and how many years trying to get there or how much you dreamed about this and it just isn't doing it for you? I mean, I think we need to talk about it. I think it's a big conversation, but overall, I love being a working mom more than I did being a stay-at-home mom, and I don't feel sorry about that at all, but it's complicated being a working mom for sure.
1: Whew, is it i mean the guilt the mom guilt that is, that is ensues that is unavoidable that <laughs> we get the question The mom guilt is
2: literally a hashtag and where's the dad guilt hashtag it's there, I just it does, oh, oh god it doesn't exist it's just it doesn't working dads that's not even a term I know, I, we don't even say that i saw i saw this post
1: that you did it was like your last post on instagram yeah. it was this reel of like the questions that your husband your husband never gets asked and yeah. I thought it was so interesting. It's so true because we have – we've had this conversation too about like this – is dad yeah. guilt actually exist? And then men will be like, yeah – yeah, I feel bad sometimes. And I'm like, Shut
2: I do have dad guilt. I'm like, eh. single dads were the only ones that I was like, mm, that's legit. Like, cause they were talking about, but I also think that people would automatically say it to a single man because they don't have a woman because the second the woman's in that role, they assume everything is done by that woman. So I, even while the single dads were like popping up in the comments and validating their own experiences as they should. I also was like, it's still women perpetuating these questions. We're the ones who are doing it. I've never been asked these – I've never been asked about mom guilt or being a working mom by a man. It's always been women. Right. I guess that's true. Yeah. We recycle the patriarchy just as much.
1: <laughs> I know. It's true. I, it's, I don't know. I mean, I think that men experience some level of guilt. I mean, honestly, I don't know because I, I'm not with – I'm a single mom. I'm, I haven't had a man in a while, unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately. unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but I think that it exists in some capacity, but it's just not the same because I, there's a different like rooting that happens when you're a mother and you give birth to a child. Like there's a connection and I'm not mm-hmm. disvaluing the connection that fathers have with their kids, but it's just different. And there's a level of like, me, me and Mila went on a retreat and we we're gone for three weeks from our kids. That's the longest I've ever been gone. And like, I know her father has been gone for, like way longer than that, like working. Yeah. And I was like miss like staring at her photos like low-key like crying in the bathroom and shit that man is not crying in the motherfucking bathroom okay it's not happening it doesn't exist no it just doesn't it doesn't
0: and like it's just it's it's such an uneven playing field like like you said like i can maybe single dads feel some level of of dad guilt but like single dads Usually, like, everyone swoons over them, like, oh, my God, you're doing it all by yourself? I mean, and and more so, like, I feel like my experience as a single mom is like, wow, that seems really hard. How are you doing that? Like, whereas men, it's like, oh, my God, you're amazing. I can't believe that you're doing that. And for women, it's like, oh, what, what did you do to put yourself in this
2: position? My now husband, when we were dating, really wanted to be intentional about my kids. So he was like, if I'm going to date you, I need to date them. So he would take them out individually without me, right? And, and spend time with them. And the one time he took my one daughter, they went to go see Beauty and the Beast. It's just come out in theaters and they went out for dinner. And he was like, we got free desserts at dinner. They were so nice to us. And I was like, what the <laughs> and he's like i don't even know why they did that i'm like i know why they did that i ex- i know exactly why they did that they we swoon over a man doing like the like it's so funny where we so, one person was saying to me that like whenever their husband's like doing the groceries with the kid they're like oh look at you like doing it all doing stuff for your household like you're supposed to fucking do
0: <laughs> look at you contributing what the fuck i know oh my gosh i'm i'm so interested in like your journey i think like for us as single moms, you know, like it's so nice to see another mom who's, you know, been married, been single, found another fit, you know, if fits better and like, it's like a success story in the single mom, in the single mom crew. Like, oh my God, you got remarried, it worked. I'm always just like, so curious about like the journey because we grow, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have one baby, you grow, you have, you have another baby, you grow, you have a marriage, a relationship, every relationship that we part from essentially we grow from. And I'm, and I love that. I love that your now husband took the time to like spend with your daughters and take them out individually. And I really love that because I think unfortunately like this, our society also really like, I don't know, like looks down at, single moms and how they date. I've found, like, even with my family, like, if I date a guy, like, you're not leaving her home alone with him, are you? I'm like, what the fuck do you think I am, dumb? Like, I'm not gonna... First of all, obviously, there's predators out there, let's be clear, and sometimes they are fucking like wolves in sheep's clothing Mm -hmm. you know Um, but I think that's like every single mom's biggest fear and every mom in general is to protect their young like that is our mama bear instinct but I think it's super healthy that you have you know a man that when you come in and date a woman that has kids that you are making an effort to show that you actually give a fuck about the kids too and the relationship that you have with those children and obviously that happens over time and with comfort but I just I really love that like that was his approach did he have Mm -hmm. kids
2: does he also have kids
0: oh okay
2: no well we have one together now but when you know as a single mother when you go into dating first of all I had no intentions of ever getting into another marriage to me I didn't succeed at marriage and that wasn't something that I found super enjoyable for the most part especially coming through divorce I just felt like how long were you married I'm happy if you don't mind me asking Uh, I was together with him for 13 years and married for 11 Oh wow. So I got divorced at 30 and had to and like not had to. I got to move in with my parents. It was actually a really fun time. <laughs> I moved in with my parents. Um, again, I'm trying to switch this narrative because we do kind of are like, oh, I used to tell the story and I'd be like, How humbling was it to like have to move into my parents? Yes, humbling, but also I got to wake up every day in my parents' house. You know how nice that is? Like it was it was some of the best memories I think we have. When I look back on the photos, I was like, oh, that was the Well, best you probably like needed
1: the- that nurturing, too. I mean, especially if you, if you have, like, a, a supportive family in that way, which it sounds like you do, like, after yeah. being the wife and having to carry the children and do all these things to find to be able to go back to your parents' house and be taken care of yeah. a little bit, maybe. Probably yeah. those kids being taken care of a little bit more than maybe yeah. hubby does, because we all know, like, they, they like, look at us, or like, handle it. This
2: is your role. Yeah. You know? And I was a stay-at-home mom, so I... I went from being a stay-at-home mom to working two jobs. Within two weeks of getting divorced, that was my life. Damn, I went you from, weren't fucking around. <laughs> no, I had no choice. I was working as a server at nighttime, working around my ex-husband's schedule before. So as soon as we split, I was like, I can't financially sustain on this one job that I'm working. So I came into having a second job, which really heavily relied on my mom to be able to help with the kids and stuff as well. But I, I agree with you. There is sort of this sentiment around single mothers that immediately brings on feelings of hardship needing to help them, needing this. And this is, I actually just wrote about this not long ago because single motherhood, oftentimes when we refer to it in the past, it's referred to as something that we get out of or that we like got through. And it's not to say that those aren't valid feelings, but I also don't think I've ever had another time in my life that I felt stronger, more capable, and willing to like do, like, I don't know, like there was so much more to that time. And it's funny because we kind of refer to it as being these things that we got out of because it seems so scary and uncertain and vulnerable. But the truth was, so was dating. So was marriage. So was divorce. So it has been so many different jobs that I've had. And so much a part of life is scary and uncertain. So when it comes to the single momhood of things, if I'm looking reflectively, that's the one time in my life I thought, Nothing can stand against me because I came into this season of life with not a dollar to my name and I got through it. Yes, with the support of others, but why can't we have support of others? That doesn't make me weak. That doesn't make me anything. That makes me strong to be able to still like persevere and like push for things. There was discomfort in the fact of, uh trying to steady myself emotionally with loneliness I had a friend once who was dating a lot and she realized that she was just dating 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 but had never been alone like never truly just let herself be comfortable alone and I found myself trying to get really distracted I was going out on the nights I didn't have the kids and and on the nights that I was home by myself those were some of the hardest nights and I realized I really had to work on that I really had to figure out, Who the fuck I was, what did I like to do when I was by myself, and what were those choices that I was gonna make? And that, now that I look back on it, I'm like, I was dating myself. Yeah. I was romancing myself, and nobody talked about this before too. So I apologize if this is repeats for anybody, but we don't friggin have ceremonies for that. We don't, we don't have engagements to that. We don't take pictures for that. We don't celebrate the relationship with ourselves. And that's the one thing that's going to stand the test of time. Our kids will eventually grow up and away from our homes. Like we will lose our parents at a certain phase of life. There's variables in all of our relationships. They are so unsteady and you got one shot at one life and one relationship with yourself. That's the only one that's guaranteed. And I think we have to pay more attention to that. And so a single motherhood gave me that. And then so coming into dating, of course, was not something I expected to do And when it comes to meeting somebody, you have basically three choices, somebody who doesn't want kids, (laughs) somebody who has their own kids, or somebody who might potentially want their own. And I didn't know how to date and kind of come into that when I'm like, I have three kids, like I'm good. I don't really want to have more. And so when I met my husband, he was very much like, I don't have this internal gut feeling of having my own kids, but I love kids. I love being around them. And I think that that made him somewhat exceptional to me and to the point of him dating my kids – there's a there's something that I don't often hear talked about, and that's that when you're dating somebody and it's a secondary relationship from the one that you've had with their father, even in a lot of cases, if you split and you share custody in any regard, that person is still in their kid in your kid's life. Like they're still there, but when you break up in a secondary relationship, that person isn't. And so the res- that burden on me is that it started to build up in my relationship with my now husband was if this doesn't work out, I have to rip him away from them. And I can't, I don't know how to hurt them with this. And so it made it very hard to move through the relationship confidently or feeling like I could constantly push for my needs with things when I had this cloud over my head a little bit. And so there was one day where he kind of pulled me aside and he said, listen, I want you to know I love you, but I want you to know I've fallen in love with your kids too. So if anything ever happens... I, if you're okay with it, I'd like to still be in their lives afterwards. And that just took every little bit of weight off of my chest in that I'm going to cry right now thinking about it because I didn't realize how much it was a burden to me that I felt like I had to make this new relationship work or I was going to hurt my children. So knowing that I could move through the relationship good or bad and being in it or not, and that he was still willing to pursue them and be there for them afterwards in a supportive role, meant everything to me. It meant that it was no longer hinged on how I felt and how I was doing, but also he was just wanting to be in their life because he had fallen in love with them too. He didn't just date me. He dated all of us. That is
0: so incredibly beautiful. I could cry also. I think we talk about this recently a lot and just in general how – um, we all really just long for safety and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, like, this security. And, like, a lot of times men don't understand, like, if you offer a woman safety in certain ways, like, we're going to be loyal forever, you know. And I- I've also experienced that dating people, my kid getting attached, and then they literally disappear after I've had this conversation. And so absolutely is a fear. Absolutely there is a, you know, a responsibility to your kids that you're not, like, furthering their trauma with attachment issues with, with men that you date. I mean, like... Speaking back to what you said initially, I'm reading this book right now called Women Who uh, Run With Wolves, and I'm probably going to reference this book like 400 million I'm times. i writing that down. Please write it down. It's fucking amazing. It's like, honestly, I feel like it's the Bible no one ever gave me. And yesterday I was reading this portion of the book. And it's a book of tales, but the tales are then dissected in a way that kind of frames the wild woman and how we're under attack and how we've been you know attempted to be domesticated and there's a story about a little girl who it's kind of like a Cinderella story her mom dies she has a stepmom and like two evil stepsisters anyway she goes out into the woods anyway the whole story talks about we have an overbearing mother psyche it's our need as women to feel safe, and, but how if, if we stay too close to that overbearing mother or if we overbear as mothers, you kind of take away your, the option to step out on faith. And oftentimes the things that we step out on faith into, like the woods, those are the things that sharpen our intuition. Obviously, there's always like the comfort of staying close to something, staying in a marriage, staying in a relationship, doing the thing that's safe because we want to be taken care of. But it's actually on the journey into the woods, into the darkness that you sharpen your intuition and you learn really who you are and like how powerful your intuition is. And it just like it really made me think about when you said that it made me think about how, you know, when a lot of times a woman do transition into this space mm-hmm. of being single moms, it's more like, oh, no, you know, yeah. like instead of like the celebration of, oh, that didn't work for you and you recognized it and you walked away from what was not comfortable for you and you decided to rip the Band-Aid off and do it anyway, those are the things that sharpen your intuition and make you confident in in who you are and, and, and like, even dating the next time. And and same, when I first got single, like – I wanted to feel bad for myself, but you know, it was the little things that made me feel strong, like taking out the trash alone, like walking yes. my dog and carrying my baby. I was like, I can do this shit. Well, you know? well, I think when
1: you are like open to that, like and those kind of things, like you said, you didn't even realize you were dating yourself. Like those things, like intuitively as women, when we really do start to like notice our power, step into our like, oh, okay, I can handle this. Oh, I, I got this. So you can like really start to just move towards that space the actions come like the the messages mm-hmm. come the things that you're supposed to do in order to empower yourself naturally come and then of course, hopefully you have sisterhood, hopefully you have tribe that are going to kind of reinforce that in you and give you examples and honestly, like hopefully thank god for podcasts because there's so many you you listen to podcasts and you realize like oh my god people are having these conversations like what yeah
2: and and we're having it in a way that feels safe right? right like is that not also what it is for podcasts is it it's a it's a space that you can speak and people won't immediately respond and that somehow feels safe too
1: yeah no it's true but i i do think that there is a like it's so scary becoming a single mother. It's truly like mm. it's really terrifying, especially if like that's not what you like, if especially like if you had this idea that you were going to have like you're going to play house, you're going to have this perfect Which, little face it yeah.
0: uh, every ninety nine point nine percent of moms. I mean, maybe 98 thought we were going to play house and it was going to live happily ever fucking after
2: like a fucking Disney movie. And I
1: can only imagine like you have three kids with your first husband
2: yeah I've got two girls and a boy and now I have a fourth little girl but like
1: having three kids you're with one person you're in a rhythm yeah like you're in a flow you are like not necessarily you maybe are. it's not a flow
2: like let's maybe
1: it isn't a flow and that's the problem but like it's the only flow that you know it's the only flow that you yeah. know like I mean for us me and Mila like we ha- we had one child with our child's father and like we dipped right but like three mm-hmm. that's a right. real investment in your time and yeah. your energy in your connection with another person creating life like I would imagine that kind of walking away Away from that like there's a like that's some brave shit
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I think there's two parts to this one I said that I wanted to divorce three years before I actually did it because there is a grieving process to every stage of that and I think a lot of people dance with the idea of leaving a situation or changing a situation but you have to remember when you've idealized and you've created a lot of narratives around this cookie cutter it is very hard to take that – if you think of like what a cookie cutter looks like and we talk about families as being a cookie cutter and we ultimately, yes, the Disney dream, we, we want this cookie cutter reality. To take that cookie cutter and to realize that it can be reshaped and that you can change the shape that it looks like is a very powerful fucking moment for you. But I will say that I thought that my marriage would end in an explosion. I always – Thought And I never talk about like why we split up. That's like out of my respect for my kids, especially because it's not just my story. It's like all of us. But when you think about leaving something, I think a lot of us go through this cycle. There's so many cycles when it comes to emotions and stuff, but typically a breakup in any sense usually happens at the height of that cycle. There's some sort of an explosion. And I had gone through so many cycles where it was like, okay, it's not good. I'm ready to go. I need to get out of this and kept having these conversations about it and then coming back in over and over and over again. So when I actually did leave, it was on a very, very calm Wednesday. It was on a Wednesday <laughs> that was uneventful Wednesday. And there was something really uniquely powerful about that because, you know, I've written about this before as well, but just when people go through breakups, it's kind of like a car crash for everybody around you and everybody wants to rubberneck and figure out what happened. Why did this happen? And who's at fault here? And the reality is, nobody was in the fucking car with you. Nobody was in the fucking car with you. And it's okay if you just stopped the car from driving. Like it's okay if it's not an actual crash. People will still ask the question over and over and over. Why? Why did this end? What And it's just somebody immediately called me as soon as it happened. They said, "Keep your circle tight and keep it closed." And you do not owe people an answer to why. And at the time she said that I was such a people pleaser to think of the idea of not answering people didn't make sense to me, but I trusted her. She was like a mentor to me and I was like, okay, we're going to keep this tight. We're going to keep it small. And over the years I allowed myself to be spoken of, be, be spoken down about, have stories about me out there and I just let them play out because it wasn't my story. And if I knew my story, I could hold my head high no matter what, no matter what could be said about me, no matter who made assumptions about that car crash and why that car stopped driving. It didn't matter because at the end of the day, people would eventually stop talking about it. I knew that to be true because if you've ever watched somebody go through a divorce or a breakup of any type. Everyone talks about it in the moment it happens, but guess what? They keep driving down the highway. They keep going and they're not rubbernecking forever. So I kept having it in my head. If I just keep going, people will stop talking about this eventually and I'll just get to keep going. And so that's kind of what I did. And I think it was the best decision for me. And overall, uh, my truth kind of remained my truth and I didn't, didn't have to get messy about it either.
1: I think that's, I mean, yeah. I think that's really true. I think that I love that advice of like keeping your circle tight and keeping it tight, especially as a people pleaser. I think that's a really great tip because I think for women too, like we have this nature to kind of like, not nature. That's actually, that's not the right word. We have this, I guess people expect us to kind of like want to talk shit all day about mm. our, our like whatever's gone on you know and like yeah or and, and i think just humanly like we want to place blame on someone like this is this person's fault or that person's fault and whether or not it is you know that's neither here nor there but, but i love the reference of like talking about like what if you just stop the car and what if you just get out <laughs> yeah you know well, like well, what if thing- you don't have to have the whole crash
0: so, you know, we've been on this healthy kick. I've been detoxing and really trying to get my health together.
1: Same, girl. Same.
0: And I'm generally, like, against doing meal preps because, let's be honest, they're generally nasty, and I don't want to reheat nasty food. But recently, I have been trying HelloFresh.
1: I love HelloFresh. Right?
0: It's just, like totally minimizes the time I'm in the kitchen so I can actually enjoy my meal and spend it with my kid. And all the recipes are delicious and unique and quick and
1: easy. Who wants to spend all day in the kitchen when you can just have your meals delivered straight to your door, ready to go, and they're bomb. And you don't have to think about going to the supermarket, parking, standing in line, being around people. It's amazing. So go to HelloFresh.com slash GMBC16 and use code GMBC 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts you guys. 16 free meals. It's America's number one meal kit and you don't want to miss this offer.
0: Have you ever been in the market for like a fellow kinky person or a third person for your threesome or maybe even a couple and you don't know where to look? Absolutely.
1: It's really hard. Sometimes it's intimidating. You want to try new things, but you don't know where to start. Well, that's why the Field app exists. It's an inclusive app to all, no matter gender, orientation. It's the largest dating community of progressive humans across the globe who want to connect with open-minded people like themselves. You can choose from categories like
0: BDSM, kink, roleplay, threesomes. It's just a world of kinky things and lifestyles for you to find. And right now... We have great news. You can download the Field app for free and support our show by going
1: to feeld.co slash goodmoms. That's feeld.co slash goodmoms. Or just click the link in our episode description to get the Field app for free today.
0: You know, we think about mindfulness, you know, because this month's, theme has been mindfulness, and I think about mindfulness, we think about this peaceful thing and all these all these things, but mindfulness is really just like the idea that you are honoring yourself. Right. And like, I think in a lot of relationships, we assume that there has to be some big crash and burn for us to walk away. But in fact, like we're constantly growing, we're constantly evolving. Mm. And like you said, like you knew like three years before. Same. I knew three years. I knew a long time before, you know, I walked away that I probably needed to walk away, but I exhausted every fucking possibility because I listened to other people. And not only that, I listened to what this cookie cutter standard was and what would you know what looked good and and what it was supposed to be like and the truth was I was just growing at a much faster pace than my partner at the time and the relationship wasn't really helping me grow and sometimes that's enough yeah if we only like you said we only have one life in this lifetime in this realm this time and your growth is like Being mindful of your growth and where you're at and the environment that you keep, even when you love someone. I I read something recently. It was just like everyone you love doesn't deserve you. And that hurts. It hurt for me to read it. It hurts for me to repeat it. Like I've loved people that that I didn't need to keep. And mm. that is a very hard pill to swallow. You know, there's a lot of people that you love and you have to let go. In fact, it's, it's your journey and your life's lesson to let go. And like, even when you talked about the fear of our kids being attached to men when we no longer are, I've found it kind of sad, but also kind of a blessing to be able to have that conversation with my seven year old. Mm. She said, Nana said you break up with everybody. I was like. Well, Nana needs to get out of my business. Also, everyone's not here forever. It's OK yeah. to leave people. It's OK to grow out of people. And that is OK. And that is a lesson I didn't get growing up. And
2: as an adult, I have a hard time letting go of people. I have a Chapters, le- right? I have chap- to make them chapters in my head. That's how I have to make them or it doesn't make sense for me
0: cuz like i'm like why did you leave me why did this end like i didn't do anything wrong i don't fe- i felt like we were in a good place you know i felt like we yeah. communicated i loved you and like sometimes a lot of times just loving someone isn't enough and honestly it's the mindfulness that you can love someone but they don't belong in the rest of your book and you're ultimately the author but sometimes we are so clinging to the
1: love the The idea yeah this idea that idea these future chapters you wrote
2: (laughs) before they played out. This is why I was so, you know, when everyone was so pumped about the new Adele album, I'm like, yeah, I love Adele. Like, she's great. But I swear to God, when I turned that first, when they released the first song and it was easy on me and the first line she sang with, with about there ain't no gold in this river, I've been washing my hands in forever. I know there is hope in these waters, but I can't bring myself to swim when I'm drowning in this silence. The entire story that she began to tell about divorce wasn't one that was a crash and burn, it was one that I just don't, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I need everybody to just hold so much empathy and compassion for me. And when I reflected upon like my own divorce and everything, I think the one thing that really resonated with me is like it almost to me was like a burning house was a burning house and i was just putting out the fire with buckets and buckets and buckets of water and so eventually you realize the flames are too big we got to get out and we all have to get out not just like me not just the kids not just my ex we all have to get out of this house and you get out of the house and everyone's like well how did this happen like again with the car crash kind of mentality Nobody saw you fucking carrying the buckets. Nobody saw you trying to put out those fires for so long. And you, we need to praise the people for getting out. We need to praise people for and honor them and be like, how can we help you rebuild? Like, wh- how can we be a part of your rebuild, your personal time in rebuilding? I think that divorce is, you know, it's so hard to talk about because people are really defensive about it and because divorce rates are so high. But divorce rates are are higher not because we're failing at marriage, but because we're becoming more self aware, more mindful, more mindful, right? Like, it, and we're yeah, we're becoming more financially independent too, and and, and <laughs> we need to recognize that financial independence and fair wages for women, especially, and more support around women, especially, creates more safety for women. It is truly. Empowering. And it is lovely to think that in a world of marriages, and I'm somebody who got divorced and somehow got married again, I still believe in it, but it's like having a bad job and then getting a different job. Like they don't have, they're not all the same. When we talk about marriage, they are not equal. They are never going to be equal. So we need to start looking at them as like individual things, just as individual as everybody is. But when somebody gets married or gets divorced, we need to kind of look at it as just what it is, not necessarily like a statistic or like a pass or fail. Ultimately, my marriage, as much as I felt like a failure in it, it has to be a part of my success story because it taught me so much it gave me these children it made me who i am today as unfortunate as some of those parts are and as hard as some of those parts are i would not be in the position i am today if it were not for that so i think that more people need to be celebrated for standing up and acknowledged for you know how difficult it is but also like how empowering and amazing it is that we now live in a time where people can step away from relationships and still be okay. Particularly women.
0: Because women are really the ones who feel the guilt about the fail. Like, I feel like more so hold up this narrative and feel guilt and shame when the shit doesn't yeah, work Yeah, it's like the
1: mom guilt and like no one talks about the like the divorce guilt, the relationship guilt, like the guilt that women feel like we really like carry the tr- burden of this.
0: Like you didn't try hard like, enough. I,
1: like you have to show proof that you you have all these buckets behind you that you really use. Like I really use these buckets. Like guys, you weren't there, but I swear to God, I used them. Like they need the proof. It's so. And also
0: I'm not supposed to suffer while it's not okay for for me to suffer while we figure it out. It's not Mm. normal to suffer because I'm uh, attempting to uphold this standard, like it's not okay, it's not normal, it's not healthy, and in fact, you know, if you're in, if you're listening and you're in this position and you're feeling these ways and you felt this way, and like I, I, I think because we're like. Good moms, bad choices. I think people assume that we're, like, man-bashing, marriage-hating single moms. But, like, Erica and I both love love and love marriage and want to be married and, like, have all these, you know, aspirations, but we're clear about who we are and that you know our purpose and like if it doesn't align then we're Mm -hmm. cool with it not being forever you know and i think that's the thing women are not really empowered to do and so i you know i get messages like this all the time someone messaged me yesterday how did you stop having sex with your baby daddy and i was like "Bitch, it was really hard but Mm. i realized as soon as i walked away from things that didn't serve me blessings on blessings bestowed upon me because I was strong enough to see through to the other side and honoring myself and knowing like that feeling in my gut that this probably isn't healthy for me is instinctually I know me best and even if it's not easy and nobody else gets it I knew that I had to walk away and as soon as I did in the relationship sexually all the extra shit it, like God, the universe, mm-hmm, spirit was like, told mm-hmm. you, bitch, this is what needed to happen for you to get to this next level, and it's no, you know, slight to my baby daddy or to that relationship because, like you said, it grew me. Like I would never yeah. be be here doing this yeah. if I didn't have the the strength and the testimony to be like, I had to walk away to become this version of myself.
2: And if like, you're in something that isn't meant. To be ultimately, if you're somebody who maybe believes in some forms of destiny, which I think I do, it's not that it's not going to move forward, but it's like a train off its track. So it's going to be really hard to push it forward. When things get into alignment and the train gets on the track, you become shocked at how quickly that train moves and how easily it glides. That was my biggest shock walking away after I said, like, it took me three years to walk away. I cannot tell you the amount of things that just click, 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 click. As soon as I drew that boundary, I cannot, I cannot, I could go into it, but I mean, I within two weeks landed my dream job. I met my husband, (laughs) did not plan to date him, but literally saw this man and had this overwhelming feeling of, He's important. That was all that came. I've never had like a voice. I've never, you know, when people are always like, oh, I heard God or like I heard the, never fuck it. Like I was like, how do you do? How do you do? I can't even meditate. Like I don't know how to do it. (laughs) And so when I saw this man and all I heard, all I felt inside, like I had not even spoken to him was like, he's important. Like ping, just what the fuck was that? And had no idea what was coming for me. How did that all work out? way too quickly. There was part of me that like wanted to be resentful. Like that went a little too easily. Like why did that, why is this actually going well? Which causes a lot of internal discomfort, I'm going to call it, when you feel like you don't deserve it and that the other shoe, the other shoe is going to drop at some point. But I've really had to look back and be like, no, that's what it feels like when you're not living in the storyline that you're supposed to be in yep. and you go into the one that you are. Or when you resist that change, I think a lot of times there we're there is a chapter that like the page just needs to turn and you're holding a bookmark like you've got a bookmark there and you just need to take it out. And uh, you can tell I love analogies. But yeah, like it definitely it, it, to your point, like it's just it can be so hard to let go of that stuff. But as soon as you do, it is truly shocking What can come to be But I That's a really hard story To tell Before you've made the change It's No It feels
1: really It feels Out of reach And out of touch For sure But like It's so true I mean I think that's You know we talk a lot About the power of manifestation And like Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. And sometimes like you you won't be able to invite in the things that you want into your life until you make space, until you clear out space. And clearing out that space is often extremely uncomfortable. In fact, if it's comfortable, it's probably not going to work. Like you got to get used to being uncomfortable in order to invite what's meant for you, the comfortability that you're looking for, the stability that you're looking for. Stability doesn't come from comfort. Like y- The clarity, the clarity to hear that voice.
0: You know, I always see people on the internet like saying, oh, then I just knew. Oh, and it just came to me. And I was like, bitch, what the fuck just came to you? Because it's not yeah. just coming to me and it would irritate me. And now I'm in yeah. the space. I'm like, really, really, once you really cross over that bridge, things, the clarity, the voices, the alignment is actually truly that clear you, and like it is?
1: And remember, we I remember us me, me and Mila had really had this conversation. Like we, me and Mila just did a, a retreat in Costa Rica, and mm-hmm. we were having this conversation about like you know when like celebrities go on stage and they they like like they thank everyone and then they are like you know this is for everyone you know believe in your dreams like keep working you, can do, your dreams. you, you can do
2: anything you want it's like Beyonce you're like you're fucking Beyonce like of course you can do it. I was just gonna say that when you said manifestation because I'm like every time somebody talks about manifestation they are like you just gotta get up and you gotta like just get out there and do the do thing and I was like with what money yeah like with what you've got the money to do it so that always frustrated me in a position of like I, d- I literally didn't have my name on bank a bank account like bank card yet. I was thirty and had nothing. I didn't have a car to drive. I didn't have a job more than like my serving at t- time. So when people talked about like just manifesting, I was like, "Fuck you!" Like that must be so nice. So I love that we're talking about manifesting in a way that's a like, gritty, like really, truly. It's gonna be hard, but it's gonna get good. Like you kind of have to tear down before you rebuild, right? And like that doesn't mean that it's easy. It's not the manifestation of just like buying a new. It's not house. the one you want to actually- It's not the one it.
1: you want to hear okay like no, the manifestation that you want to like the ones that sounds cute is the one where you wrote some shit down lit a candle and the next day it came true sorry bitch it's not it doesn't work like that there actually has to be action and it has to get uncomfortable and it probably is going to get a little ugly too before the manifestation yeah. cultivates and even going back to like these like a celebrity on stage talking about like or whoever someone successful saying like just keep going at it and like your dreams are possible i would be like in this space where i i really was i didn't know what my purpose was and i would see the, like i would watch the grammys or whatever it was and these people were talking and i'm like what the fuck are how, like i don't what <laughs> and now yeah. and now i'm i'm in alignment i'm in the space mm. of like i feel i'm walking in my purpose things are yeah. flowing to me so fucking easily and i'm like oh That's what they're talking about. It is true. This This is my version of it. I'm not Beyonce up on stage at the Grammys, but like, (laughs) 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 but maybe not Grammys, maybe like Oscars or Emmys or something like that. (laughs) But yeah, I'm like no it really is there's a reason why those people are going on stage and saying that shit because it's fucking true mm-hmm. and but but mm-hmm. it does take sacrifice it does take uncomfortability it does take leaving your husband with three kids and saying fuck it i'm getting out i don't feel good going here to my mom's house. get out the house i'm going home i'm going home i'm going back house. to the nest Peace i'm going to redo a restart like it, it is it is in that it births from that you know mm-hmm. and
0: and i feel like once you get past those really hard humps and you start to walk in your alignment and you start to listen to your intuition and sharpen your intuition for going on that journey through the woods. I think that that first hump is is the hardest. But now, like, I feel so much in alignment that even when things do come up, even when obstacles come up, because, like, breaking up with my baby daddy and leaving wasn't, like, shit happened after that. Like, everything wasn't yeah. perfect, you know? No. Um, things are not perfect right now, but I have a, a very clear understanding that what's for me is for me and mm-hmm. that as long as I'm walking in my purpose and honoring myself and being mindful that everything will always fall in alignment. And I, and I would never have understood that lesson as much as I do now had I not taken that first leap of faith. I am so aware that even when shit is fucked up or hard, spirit will always have my back because I'm listening to myself. Mm-hmm. Like it's me. I'm not listening to any outside voices. I'm not listening to what my friend thinks. I'm listening to what my mom thinks. I'm not listening to what even what I thought my expectation was, but I'm in flow and in mindfulness of myself. And I, and even when it's like, you know, starting that podcast and talking about sex with that girl you met at the birthday party probably is not a great idea, but, and then I say, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. And, and four years later, I'm writing a book with my best friend and I'm, I'm leading women at a retreat. This is like that. Nobody told me that this was a good idea,
2: <laughs> mm.
0: but here we are because I listened to myself. And, and I yes. think that that is the biggest lesson when you do rip that first bandaid off is that honestly, everybody's journey is different and nobody can tell you where your journey goes, but you, and it's in, and it's in listening to that inner voice that your blessings will always come and always have your back.
1: Amen.
2: And <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a speech. And honestly, like right after Erica, you said that, um, like, it's like a birth, like things that birth from that. And it's like, that just immediately made me pause. And I was like, why are we not birth is like the perfect thing to reflect on? Because it is anybody who knows labor or a delivery of any sort, you know, that birth is not um, pretty it's not pretty. It's not easy. It's not simple. It is not, it's messy afterwards. It's shocking. There's a, it hurts. It's shocking. There's a lot to it. I think if we, and we look at that and we're like, how powerful, how amazing. And yet every other birth in our lives, we're not looking at it the same way. We're looking at it for the mess and we're not looking at it for the beauty. Mm. That's like, Oh, uh, when you said that, I was just like, and then you just went off on this fucking speech, and oh my god, oh, I know I'm gonna need to recover <laughs> from this. For I'm gonna I be know. sitting on, I'm going to be listening back to this podcast, is <laughs> <laughs> essentially in saving notes. Um, my god,
1: you know what? We we forgot to do an affirmation. I feel like this is a really good time mm-hmm, to come mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. back to what the affirmation is for this episode or for today.
2: Okay, am I saying one? Yeah,
1: it, yeah. Like, no, I don't you know, have one. Speak speak for, it's, for, it's on, on you, girl. Things
2: in alignment. So I told you I have this jar. Um, it's the friendship jar that I have with my best friend Bailey, and I made it. And so we came up with this friendship jar, and it has like uh, sixty different notes in it, and then you can pull whatever one you want that day. And today's that I pulled before this episode even began was, "Do what you love, not what other people want you to love." That's like just so I'm not like a liar here. That literally is damn like the fucking theme of this
0: episode. And then also what came That's out? The- <laughs> damn. I mean, hence what we talked about the fucking alignment. Mm. Like, and this is something that happens in Erica and like I think when me and Erica started doing this and like I know we talk about manifesting and it's such a like hot topic word, but like the the little signs that. The universe will give you on your way are always like a pat on the back, and it's it, and it's like if you're willing to see the beauty and the alignment and everything, as small as the affirmation that you pull out on this episode after the converse, you know, before the conversation that we had, and like knowing that that is the universe's way of saying you are on the right yeah. path, my friend, and actually you're doing the right thing. It's the small shit, you know. You have to pay attention to the small affirmations from spirit because they'll come all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really excited to read the tarot card of the day because now I'm like, what does it say? Is it for us? (laughs) Of course it is. Uh, (laughs) I picked the Queen of Cups. It's a woman sitting on her throne with coins and water around her. Um, And usually the cups is a symbol for emotion. It's a lot about your emotional stability. But this one, this bitch looks rich. So I'm really looking forward (laughs) to what she's about to talk about. The Queen of Cups is a beautiful, introspective woman who sits on the throne at the edge of the sea. In her hands, she holds a golden cup adorned with handles shaped like angels. Unlike most of the cups in the suit of cups cards, this cup is closed, showing that the Queen's thoughts and feelings come from her conscious mind and the depths of her soul. The Queen of Cups is nurturing, caring, compassionate, and sensitive. When you see her in a tarot reading, you're embodying her nurturing mother energy. You support others by listening with your heart, or yourself, being compassionate and caring for them deeply. You are empathetic and can sense the needs of others by tuning into your intuition and you hold the space for others to express their emotions and be in the truest, most authentic versions of themselves. You have mastered this in such a way that even though you thought, even though you hold space for emotional expression, you don't take on other people's energy or emotional issues because you are well-grounded and know where to create healthy separation. Mm. The Queen of Cups says you are highly intuitive, creative, and in flow with the surrounding energies. In your interactions with others, you can easily read other people to get a sense of how to communicate effectively. Um, you, may be a, you may be a healer, counselor, or intuitive coach, or maybe just a good friend. You recognize the divine energy in everyone you meet. Um, your creative projects and endeavors, you feel your way into them, trusting your heart and your inner guidance to lead you in the right oh, direction. Wow.
2: hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Holy
1: and, shit. Yeah. And so And
0: there it is uh, again with the alignment and, and the birth. You, you yeah. know,
1: I recently read something on Instagram. Someone posted a meme or something that really spoke to me. And it was my biggest flex mm. is keeping my heart soft and my boundaries strong. And I thought like, wow, that's so true. And what like what's that's something to aspire to. Right. Is like to be able to have your boundaries, but keep your heart soft, to be open to people, being able to help and serve, yes. but not like taking on their shit, you know, not taking on their shit and staying focused on whatever is meant for you. Because ultimately Mm -hmm. if you just are in flow with that, we are Mm -hmm. fucking unstoppable women. We are so unstoppable. And I'm so happy to be alive in this time where things are shifting and women are coming finally coming together. And it's not cool to be a bitch, you know, like it's not cool to hate on another woman. Like if you are hating on another woman, like you're out, you're (laughs) out of here. yeah. So I just love conversations like this. Thank you so much for for coming on today, Sarah. I really appreciate it. You dropped so many gems. Wait, you didn't ask
2: my horry. <gasps> do you want us to? Oh my it? god! You please yeah, share sure, your whore, I, please. I don't have any horror stories, but this is the closest one to my horror story. Okay, tell. Do tell. Uh, 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 horror oh. stories. I, as I mentioned, I got married uh, at nineteen. I was a good Christian girl. So there's nothing that happened before that. And so when I got divorced, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm stepping into my whore years. And I was so stoked. Like I genuinely was excited. I thought it was going to be the most exciting time of my life. So when I met my now husband, I was a little disappointed because I was like, well, this isn't what I thought I was going to, ha- this is going to cut it real short. But he, he let me get it out in different ways. Because when I was obviously living with my parents and, you know, everything, there was no Bringing him home. So one day after work, we, this is like the most vanilla horror story, but this is the most mint chocolate chip there is for me. So whatever. We ended up going to like a nearby rock at a children's park a rock at, late at night <laughs> to have sex. Yeah, a rock, genuinely a rock. The best part about this story is that uh, later when we got engaged, he engraved my ring with I can't actually show it. There's like little tiny engravements right here and it has a location. It's it's a Google location. So he said, I want you to, after he proposed to me, he's like, I want you to go and check out what the encryption is. And it was the fucking location of the fucking rock. So, oh my so God, he made it. beautiful. And then oh my God. he let me. It's where you got. Yeah, it's where we oh fucked on a rock. A, you consecrated is. your love on that fucking rock, okay? In the playground. So my horror story is like, That's the most whorish thing I've ever done. And it's engraved inside my ring. And then when my dad was like checking out the ring, he's like, oh, what is that location for? And Shane's like, yeah, Sarah, can you tell your dad what that location is for? (laughs) And I was like, I hate you. I'm never talking to you again. Yeah. So that's the most of my story. But it's a it's one of my favorites that my ring forevermore will be engraved with the one. I really I, I really like your sex, husband. So. I don't know this man. I do. too. But I, too. Very, like, I,
0: I, I love that he he encouraged you to get your horsing out, even if it was with him, even at the park on the rock. And I hope that you continue to make horries with your husband
2: throughout your marriage. That's just it, right? Like you could have the, you could have it, you could have it in different ways. I, I think I was always jealous because I didn't have like the university experience, or like as I grew up, I was like, oh, I don't have all these like cool stories. But now I'm like in a situation where we can create our own cool stories, and I love that too.
1: Yeah, I th- hell yeah, I think, that's the best way. I think I think you <laughs> I need, need a new ring, honey. I need a new ring. And- Buy your amazing husband oh a piece of jewelry gosh. and you put that location in there so that <laughs> you can just keep trading back and forth and all your fuck next, spots will have jewelry pieces. Next
0: time like <laughs> next time you're like going for pizza or like on date night or something and like a medium to not very fancy restaurant, just be like Oh my gosh meet me in the bathtub, maybe though, text him, like, meet
2: me in the bathroom, bathroom, while you're in rough, bathroom As funny as it was of a story for us afterwards, was the most uncomfortable situation I've ever been in in my life. It was so cold. The rock was hard. And like (laughs) somebody pulled up at one point and we were like very uncomfortable I was so uncomfortable the whole time I was just it was not a sexually enjoyable experience for me. I just like it was it was exciting, I guess. But the whole process, I was just like, oh my God, somebody's gonna see us. Oh my God, this is illegal. Oh my God, that this is this. And Oh, it's that's the point. Out. That's the point. Next time, just bend over doggy that's, style. That's put, what I did. The, the, the cars anchor. going by was still stressful. And then you like know? recently it was brought okay, up that I've never like worn lingerie for him because <laughs> I guess I just usually strip. And so I like bought lingerie. But I've never done this before. I don't know how this works. I've been married to this man for like three years. So we go away. First of all, my pregnancy was really complicated. We weren't allowed to have sex. And then it was like postpartum. So this is our first night away after the baby. And we go away. And I process the fact that I bought this lingerie. It's very cute, but I was thrown that I forgot a piece of it. And I got like really in my head about the whole thing. And then I realized nobody talks about how you actually come out in lingerie. Like, what is that process? I'm so in my head. I also had just had an edible, which didn't help the situation. I was very in my head about the whole thing. So now I'm coming around oh the corner. Oh god. And I'm like, oh my god. I don't oh know what to do. Oh no, not what to do. Am I supposed to dance? Like the movies everybody dances. So I just was like, I'm in laundry. Ta-da! And then I just came around the corner and I just curled up in a ball and he was like, is it? that's laundry. And that's the end of the story. And I was like, I don't know, I need to text my friends. And so then I text my girlfriends. And I was like, guys, I don't know what to do. I just came out in the laundry. It was like, really uncomfortable. My friend was like, yeah, nobody talks about that. It can be really awkward at times. And she was like, I'm pretty sure I came out and did finger guns once. And I was like, oh, thank God I didn't do finger guns. I'm okay. (laughs) But like, oh my, nobody talks about that. You're just like, yeah, laundry is so hot. Nobody talks about how how do you present the laundry? Like, unless it's underneath your clothes and like already surprised. Which I should have done. It was just like a holy shit. I have to now present myself from around the corner. Right. And so, yeah, we're re- we're getting into our groove again after like having a baby. That's so true. It's been yeah. a fun little adventure.
1: Music helps. Music always helps me. Just put some music on random, like, come up, put some music. Let's just hang out and go to the bathroom while he's turned around, then come out and wait it for was- him to turn around and he'll be like, oh shit. And then you kind of dance the music maybe a little bit touch your body and then just get on him and then you know, you know figure you, it out from there you know what
0: i like i like if you can do yeah, it quickly like but this straps, is always the thing always has like all those fucking holes and
1: fucking mm-hmm. ties
0: so it's hard. It always feels
1: extra, but it, it's... it's If they're it's
0: in the working. bathroom, if you can slip it on quickly and then just lay on the bed as the gift.
2: Yeah. See, that would have been a better move. He was on the bed, so I I reversed the whole thing. And as for music, the last time we had, like, music put on, my husband actually, the first time we, like, consummated our love, I'm gonna say, he was like, I want to, like, set the mood. But The guy's a fucking joker. Like, he was the dad joke before the dad joke. And he puts on, like, this really cheesy fucking jazz music for us to fuck to, and I was like, I hate you so much because nothing about this is. And he was just like, "Don't you love this is our song, Sarah?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna!" I literally our whole time, our whole first time having sex, I was just You're like in the dying lounge, laughing. fucking like, we were giggling because it was so ridiculous. But I kind of love that too. It's not always hot. It's like kind of funny. We joke a lot, and that's just kind of our relationship. So it's like one big dad joke, <laughs> essentially. I love that.
1: Well, dad jokes can be sexy, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you guys will have many more geographical locations to engrave in jewelry.
2: (laughs) Um, Can you tell our people where they can find you? Yeah. So uh, if you're a podcast person, you can listen to me on my podcast, The Papaya Podcast. But if you're interested in just following along on The Daily uh, Instagram's my wheelhouse. It's where I've been the most. And I'm in Instagram stories a lot. So you can find me at the Birds Papaya on the gram. And then that'll link you everywhere else.
1: Awesome. We'll make, we'll make sure to include that in the episode description. You guys know where to find us at Moms underscore bad choices. Make sure you follow our Patreon. We have a lot of bonus content over there. We posted some Valentine's Day hoories, some other stuff. Just go check it out. It's patreon.com backslash Choices. You guys, please make sure to rate and review this episode. If you've been listening for a while, just take a second, go to Apple, scroll to the bottom. Actually, if you have Spotify, you can also review there as well now. I really would appreciate it. I love you. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.